And uh, so as we as we look at at Abraham this morning, um, I I just want to say that um, as we read the entire Bible, we're not just reading. Um, uh, it's not just a historical reading, but there are some things to learn from Bible characters. And as we look at Abraham this morning, uh, just a, a brief look at some things in his life, um, we just need to, to understand that there's some things we need to learn about Abraham. There's this much to learn about Abraham. This morning we're going to look at maybe this much, okay? <laughs> um, so let's look at Genesis chapter 12. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. And let's read verses 1 through 4. This will give us a, a kind of an, an introduction to uh, what's going on here. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will take you a, a, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 75. Not even close to 75. I mean, it's slipping up on me, yeah, but... Um, wow. He said, yes. God said, what did He say? Go. And Abram, his name before God changed it to Abraham, said, okay. So, he said yes to God. He said yes to God without... Scripture doesn't say that He asked any questions. So, I'm sure that I would have been asking a few questions. Like, where are we going? <laughs> um, you know, um, so I can Google it and find it on maps and get some direction. I mean, come on. Get up and go some several hundred miles and I'll make you a great nation. <laughs> so, can you imagine Abraham's discussion with Sarah at that point? Normally, women like security and they're saying goodbye to security. I'm telling you. I can just imagine. Abraham said, honey, let's go on a hike. <laughs> By the way, we're taking all of our servants. We're taking 
our whole herd of all the animals that they had, all their gold, all their silver, everything that they had, the scripture says, and they're going to go on a hike. And Lot is going to go with them. All of his servants, all of his herdsmen, all of his herd. And so here they, they set out. So I can just imagine Sarah saying, well, where are we going? Yeah. Where are we going? Well, I don't know. I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Now, Connie and I have said yes to the Lord. We put our yes on the table a long time ago. And He has given us direction over the decades. Given us clear direction. But I just want to challenge you. One of the things we can learn from Abraham and Sarah. By the way, Sarah called Abraham Lord. She was obedient to what God was saying to him. So, <clears throat> Abraham did what God commanded. We can learn some things here. In, in verse 2, it says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. So, God tells Abraham that he's going to bless him and that he will be a blessing. So when God shows up, there's blessing. I'm sure that most of you have experienced that in your life. When God shows up, there's a blessing. But it's very difficult to be a blessing or to be blessed when things are going really well. Most of the time, we need some suffering in order to receive a blessing. When we, when we have prayer requests, a lot of the time, it's for those people that are suffering somehow. And we're asking God to bless them. That's a good thing to do. So, sometimes we need some suffering in order to receive a blessing. I heard one time that the more we suffer here, the more we'll be able to glorify Him there. If you read from this point here in chapter 12, um, through most of the chapter in, in chapter 20 in Genesis, you will see that Ab Abraham's life was basically a train wreck. I mean, read, read it sometime and just refresh your memory about the, some of the things that, that he went through. He no longer gets all his, uh, he no sooner gets all of his family and stuff together and, and start on the journey and, 
and um, his nephew Lot wants to wants to go in a different direction. You know, they get started on their on their journey to who knows where, and um, what they found out was there's not enough vegetation for both of their herds. And both of their herdsmen were fighting each other and and um, not a happy time. There was some suffering in, in all that for Lot and for Abram. So Lot went in a different direction. They split up. So Abraham journeys another 300 miles to the south and decides to tell King Abimelech, the king of the land, that Sarah, his wife, is his sister. He did that, they did that, so that he would save his own neck, literally. The king would have killed him to get Sarah. But if he's, he was telling Sarah, but if, if we tell them that you're my sister, they'll spare my life. Which, that's what happened. But the king discovers uh, this charade and, and uh, escorts Abraham back the 300 miles to the border and says, get out of my country. And then there was Hagar and Ishmael. Not a fun time for Abram. So Abraham had several setbacks. He had suffering. Uh, there were a lot of experiences that he went through. I, we just named just a few of them. Uh, an, another one was the drought that they always seemed to be facing. For one thing, he had to wait a hundred years for a son. But God promised blessing. So let's look at the idea of, of um, suffering and blessing. So here are some things to remember about, about um, Abraham. Suffering is necessary. It is difficult to be blessed, to recognize blessing, and to be a blessing to others without some suffering. Abraham suffered, it was necessary, and God spoke to us. He speaks to us in our suffering. You know, I've discovered in my, in my Christian life that the, the more, the most growth that I have experienced as a, as a believer, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, has come through the hard times, not the easy times. And because of those, some of the hard times that I have gone through, you may be able to say the same thing, you have been able to be a blessing to others. C.S. Lewis writes 
in uh, his book, The Problem with Pain, he says, God whispers to us in our pleasures. God speaks in our conscience and shouts in our pains. I don't know about you, but I've kind of experienced life that way. We will suffer. We're promised that in Scripture. John chapter 16. John 16, 20 through 22. Jesus says this, Most assuredly I say to you, that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. So Jesus tells us, we're going we're gonna to suffer. If you haven't had much suffering, well, hold on. <laughs> It's coming. Had a young man call me last night. I was in the middle of working on this sermon last night, and the phone rang. And he said, hey, can you meet up with me? So I said, sure. So we met, and he's going through some issues, going through a job situation. He just, he just needed somebody to talk to. But you know, in that process, because of the things that I've gone through in my life, I was able to encourage him, even through Scripture and life experiences. Jesus told us that suffering is necessary. So earlier uh, from John chapter 16, he instructed his disciples and us uh, as to why. And that is, he's coming. He's coming again. And suffering is necessary, but listen to this, it's not forever. I don't know how many times I've said, and, and maybe you too, well, this too shall pass. <laughs> suffering is not forever. The things to remember is that suffering is only temporary. It may seem like it's never going to end in our, in our timing, but it will. 
Isaiah uh, 55 and verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is in control. He knows what we're going through. Abram suffered a long time. He wanted a son for a long time. He waited a hundred years for a son. But it wasn't forever. So you see, he lived to be 175 years old. How about Noah? 120 years he waited for the flood. The rains came. His suffering was not forever. What about Moses? 40 years in the desert. But after that, he led God's people. His suffering was not forever. And there are many, many examples throughout Scripture. We need to be concerned. We, we need not to be concerned about the length or the severity. It's all in God's timing and purpose. Over in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 and 17 2 Corinthians 4 16 and 17 Therefore we do not or do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. There's a secret to life right there. We can be renewed day by day. It doesn't matter the suffering. Nobody can take the joy of knowing Jesus away from us. Not even pain or suffering. Verse 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I said earlier, the more we suffer here, the more we're going to be able to glorify Him there. What we need to do is simply trust the Lord. We need to remember that suffering however it comes, is not forever. And then, suffering is a blessing. God promised Abraham that he would be blessed and be a blessing. That's a lesson we can learn from the life of Abraham. We need to look at how we can be a blessing. Sometimes being a blessing is just being there and listening. Other times it's relating a life experience that you've had. 
Other times it's sharing a scripture verse that has been, um, that has comforted us or encouraged us or admonished us in the past. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verses 8 through 11. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 11. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which uh, came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. You also helping, uh, helping together in prayers for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Going through a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, a lot of agony, but he thanks others for praying for them during that time. Suffering is a blessing. You don't go through what, what you go through by accident. The Bible tells us that nothing happens to a child of God that God doesn't know about. Look at Job, for instance. <laughs> Satan had to get permission. Good news is, Satan had to get permission from God to do what he did. The bad news is, God gave him permission. <laughs> the Bible tells us that God is in control. We need to remember 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God can use, can bless you, and He can use you to be a blessing to others because of what we've gone through in life. And just an encouragement from Scripture this is how God works. You're not alone. God is with you. So we need to be a blessing. We need to ask, what can I do to be a blessing to others? Now I want you to know sometimes it's intentional Picking up the phone and calling somebody is an intentional thing. 
And then sometimes it just happens. It may be in an aisle at Walmart. It may be just visiting with somebody and they're sharing some things and you're just sharing back and forth and you're a blessing. It just, it just happens. God uses you in the moment. When you think of Abraham, think of suffering and blessing. He had a train wreck of a life, but he was obedient. And because of that, he was blessed. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 11. Starting with verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out and knowing, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Uh, their heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. The Bible says that Abraham was promised to be the father of a great nation. A nation that was as huge as and, and numbered as many as the stars in the heavens. And it says Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness in Genesis in Genesis 15:6 because he believed because he was obedient God credited him as righteous not only was he blessed by God but he was a blessing to others suffering and blessing go together they are two peas in a pod so to speak it's very difficult to have one without the other. Abraham gives us several lessons. There is the lesson of obedience. He said yes to the unknown. He just knew that he needed to be obedient to God. Yes, Lord. And just as Jesus instructed us to go, just like God told Abraham to go, that was, that was the beginning of um, Missio Dei, which is the mission of God. Sending people out to be a blessing to others. And Jesus instructed us to go 
In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So there's a lesson in obedience. The lesson is yes. Say yes to the Master. Say yes to God. But there's also a lesson in suffering and, and blessing. God blessed Abram and his descendants to be a blessing to others. And from time to time they forgot their purpose. And if we forget our purpose, and that purpose is we're blessed to be a blessing, and if we forget that, that that means that something is wrong. And when we use the word wrong, sometimes that refers to sin, and sin needs to be confessed. in order to bless others we need to contextualize the gospel in our setting let me give you a brief illustration from the trip over this morning <laughs> motorcycles are out and about there's bikers everywhere these days I was following a couple of couple of bikers, and here comes three or four bikers. And, and what do bikers do when they meet each other on the on the highway? That's their way of waving at them. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. Hey, just saying hey to them. That's their context. That's that's how they communicate with each other when they're out on the road. That's their context. So what's the context of living in our area here? I'll just, I'll just say Southwest Colorado. What is the context? We get so used to it, those of us who live here all the time, we get used to the way things are. You know, I drive down County Road 527 where we live, driving along, somebody comes, I give them a wave. You know, I recognize their presence. I'm communicating with them. And if they're not a hand on the wheel and a hand on the phone, they usually wave back. <laughs> of course, we got a lot of tourists that come up our road. Salls Creek is a national forest access. But it's a way of greeting them as well. Welcome. Glad you're here. So what's the context in, in your life? How can you share the gospel where we live? What is the context of that? How can we be a blessing? How can we be obedient to the Lord when He says, go make disciples? 
That's a question for you to answer. Father, we thank you for loving us the way you do. We thank you for being there for us all the time. Your word tells us that you never leave us nor forsake us. We praise you for that. And how blessed we are for those of us who know Jesus as Lord. Father, thank you. We rejoice in Jesus this morning. We praise you. And Father, I pray that if there is anyone here that does not know Jesus in a personal way, I pray, Father, that today would be the day of salvation for them. And we just thank you. Draw them to yourself. Lead us and guide us as we go through this week. And we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we stand.